Hi, I'm Alex Frakon. You're listening to My Therapist and I, a podcast that isn't just about therapy, it is therapy. More specifically, my therapy. The Things We Carry. What an ominous podcast title. Um, the truth is, in this session, Dr. Steve and I talk about the fact that sometimes how we look and how we act is not the same as how we feel. And then we talk about a bunch of other stuff. So, hey, hope you enjoy. Not as cool. Not as cool. Did you say that you had to be there in Italy for it? Online training? I was giving the training. You were giving the training. It was online. It was. It ended up being online yeah. instead of me being in Naples. But you could have been like, the only way for me to do it online is... If I'm in line, online in, in Naples. Naples. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't going to do that. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was for the U.S. Navy. So. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. What for the U.S. Navy? For the people who work with, like people who do counseling for the naval. Okay. They have people. like a... They have therapists and stuff. Civilian people. Hmm. So it was a training for them. I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. That would be really fascinating to understand. <coughs> We're recording, by the way. Yeah, okay. Just wanted to get all my respiratory issues out. I can't. We'll have a little party the day you don't have to clear your throat. I don't think that's going to happen. It's just not, not going to be a thing. We're not going to have that party. <laughs> um, I would be really fascinated to, to like learn more about what the military's mental health offerings are like and like if that's something that's not sought out but like used. I would assume there's way more stigma in the military than in everyday life, but who knows? Yeah, I think it I think a lot of it depends on the your commanding officer and how much they support mental health stuff. Yeah. And order it and stuff. <laughs> I don't know. So when you gave that online class, what was it about? It was about the this work that I do with couples on the brink of divorce, discernment counseling. Okay. And that's meant for the the people in the Navy who are having issues with issues. Yeah. yeah. So it's mm-hmm. not necessarily for them. Well, I mean, I guess it is, but that's cool. Yeah. So how are you? How are you doing? Uh, I'm I'm good. I'm good. I I still get a little anxious. I was sitting on my couch waiting for you to get here, and mm-hmm. I, was like, I was like, "Oh, gotta get ready. Gotta get ready." Uh, so it's still, I get anxious for these. Mm -hmm. Um, you get anxious as a, as somebody who's sitting down about to have therapy, which you would know are those the same feelings you get when you're with George or do you get anxious about, okay, we've got a, you know, the dance monkey dance, the dance monkey dance. Cause I don't know. I don't know how we're going to get away from that. I don't know. I don't, I'm, I'm kind of like, okay with it in a weird way. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just is what it is. Um, it's more of like performance anxiety, you know, yeah. which is fascinating. Um, but other than that, I'm I'm good. I uh, I haven't been sleeping very well, hmm. which is I'm attributing it to uh, kind of recovery from New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. I went to a party. Um, my fiance's friend. My fiance's friend's boyfriend was having basically a house party. So it was kind of like I got to step into a time machine and like go back to college. Uh-huh. There was like a, a beer pong table set up in the garage <laughs> and just a bunch of people standing around it. It was 
a very interesting moment. But I, um, we were up till like one or one thirty, which is late for me. Yeah, and I consumed alcoholic beverages, um, and without fail, the recovery process for me takes a long. It takes like a week, and it disrupts my sleep. Yeah, that's like the last sign in my recovery journey is the sleeping hmm. like um the like when you say recovery journey like like so here's de- how it detoxing goes. yeah from the, what you took in or? let's assume i drink on a saturday yeah sunday if i am hungover which in this case i wasn't really i was just kind of exhausted but mm-hmm. you know i probably had had six to seven drinks throughout the night mm-hmm. which um yeah, so I wasn't particularly physically hungover, but if I do have one, it would be the day after on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Monday, I'm just exhausted. Mm-hmm. That's when I'm like, oh, I'm so sleepy. Tuesday, I'll have had a good night's sleep. However, I start to feel like everything is awful. Hmm. I like I'm in danger. My company's crumbling. Nobody likes me. Mm-hmm. Tuesday, that gets a little bit easier on Wednesday. And then Wednesday night, so sorry, Tuesday night and Wednesday night, I will wake up a ton during the night. Mm. Typically I have like nightmares. Mm. So for example, I think it was Tuesday night. I told Haley in the morning, I had two back-to-back nightmares about our upcoming wedding. Mm-hmm. The first was that we had accidentally told everyone the wrong date. So we all showed up <laughs> to the venue and we were six months too early. Oh gosh. Yeah. yeah. And the second one was that we... Once we were having the wedding, but we didn't plan it out. So it was really late. Like we served dinner at nine o'clock and I was in another city for some reason. And Haley was calling me like, hey, dinner's at nine. You got to get here. So I was trying to get on a plane to get to to where. Yeah. yeah. It was very fascinating. And then the third nightmare was that there was a nuclear attack and I was living in a post-apocalyptic world. So it just shifted suddenly. Yeah. Um. So that was Tuesday night. Wednesday night, I woke up a bunch too, and I'm hoping I'm hoping today, like a, a little tired, but I'm gonna sleep well tonight, according to the schedule. So you don't see those dreams connected at all. Uh, for Haley's sake, I hope not. She's probably like, I hope he doesn't think it married to me is an <laughs> apocalypse. Um, I don't know. I never thought about that. No, I I, I was just kidding. Yeah, that's I but because that's the cliche like joke of like tell me about your dreams or you meant like hey yeah, getting married in apocalypse i mean if you're putting those things together at all if they're related to your no you know detoxing and coming back from having too much to drink or something i don't know yeah um so all this is a long-winded way of saying it. i've been a little tired this week um but i've been going to the gym uh-huh. that's been going well um and that's helping and i hope to continue to do that so in the, in the past we've talked about um, you shared you know maybe the fourth time that we met or the pot, fourth podcast yeah. or so you talked about your alcohol use yeah. and the incident you had early on in your life and uh, we talked about the fantasy football mm-hmm. and how everybody kind of shows up they drink too much and there's a moment of regret when people are kind of all heading home and so anyway um, so now I'm thinking about when you're talking about drinking this time um what i guess one of the questions that came to my mind is you've talked about dissociation 
and feeling like a part of your brain is not there, a yeah. part of your mind is not there. Mm-hmm. How does the drinking impact that part of you? That is a good question. I don't know the right answer. There's no right answer. I know, right? That's mastery, Alex, kicking right. in here. Uh, I guess I just notice it less. I don't think about it, mm-hmm. which was always my struggle with my relationship with alcohol. That element was always attractive to me, not thinking about stuff. Alcohol represented me not thinking as much about things. Uh, when I had enough to drink, I didn't have to think about things. That's yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Which is ironic because I'm about to say what I liked about, well, what I thought I liked about drinking was that it turned part of my brain off, which, hmm. like, that's what I. That's one of your concerns. With dissociate. Yes. <laughs> I know. As at, literally, like, right. right before I said that, it clicked <laughs> in my head, like, this is going to sound kind of ironic. Yeah. But, yeah. That is why I uh, started drinking. That in like peer pressure, all of mm-hmm. my friends were doing it. Mm-hmm. I I remember when I first drank, I really didn't enjoy it. I was like, this is dumb. But I told myself like, well, I got to do it. Everyone else is doing it. Mm-hmm. Just got to suck it up. All that aside. Um, yeah, so it's not like, I mean, obviously, in theory, I would be more out of touch because I'm under an influence, mm-hmm. right? But- I just either don't think about it as much, don't care. So yeah, I think when I go through withdrawal and like detox and my body's detoxing, Mm -hmm. I notice it way more. That could be because of anxiety, who knows. Mm -hmm. So when you said you you had this New Year's party, you had six or seven drinks, so I'm Mm -hmm. tracking that. And um, driving, not driving, or how, how did you make decisions yep. around that stuff? So, great question. Being the responsible adult that I am, um, Haley offered to designate drive, mm-hmm. uh, which is great because <laughs> I really appreciated this. But like I said, we're in this garage, and there's probably like 30 kids down there around this table playing um, basically a game of quarters, but with ping pong balls and cups. Mm-hmm. And Haley was like, well, I'll play, but I can't drink. So Alex will just drink my beers. Oh. But, and it's not like I even had to drink that much because she'd never lost. Uh-huh. But it just was funny that, mm. you know, she's an introverted person, but she just like threw herself in. We knew no one going to this party. We knew two people. Mm-hmm. And she just kind of jumped into the fray and was like, yeah, sure, I'll play. And um, all that aside, yeah, H- Haley drove us home. Mm-hmm. It was Haley... Haley's little brother and myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's like, I mean, <laughs> fool me once, shame on you. Fool, fool me twice, shame on me. Kind of a thing. Like that's. Yeah. I'm. I ain't ever going back. I told. Yeah. If you remember that throwback, I looked at all those people at my table and I said, "Guys, it's gonna be you. You figure this out amongst yourselves, because I'm not coming back here." Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Haley drove us. Yeah, okay. Which, uh, you know, she's a wonderful driver. I was thinking about making a joke about like, well, what's more dangerous, Haley driving? or? <laughs> but I decided that might not be the most appropriate joke to make, so I didn't make it. But there's crickets noise somewhere on this, this soundboard. <laughs> I don't know where it is. Um, yeah. And I definitely feel or felt like I knew I wanted to bring that up to you 
But I also was worried that maybe you'd be like, well, I thought you said you don't really drink anymore. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and so I found myself getting a little like, okay, well, I'll explain to him how this is very rare and, you know, it was within my control, blah, blah, blah. But like that also too feels a little bit like, okay, I think everyone would say that. (laughs) Yeah. I just didn't want you to judge me. Well, but I I mean, I think that's one of the things that feeling like I don't want to be judged. I mean, I imagine people confront that all the time with going to a, to a therapist, yes. telling a stranger your story, yeah. you know, whatever it is. Or I think for me personally, the inner dialogue is I want my therapist to know that I'm thinking about it or that I'm aware of these like potential concerns or mm-hmm. things like that. I guess I want them to know that I'm like, maybe being a little responsible, I'm being responsible, as Mm -hmm. opposed to it's totally off my radar, I'm not even thinking about it, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, But it it was a lot of fun, it was a great party, it's probably like 50 people, right before midnight they had a trivia game. Okay. And it was me, Haley, and Haley's brother, which like, that was they didn't stand a chance everyone else wow. we smoked them wow uh but that's just because i had two like super nerds on my team like haley's brother is probably like just you know trivia king trivia king <laughs> yeah he was uh, getting so excited after every question he just started going yes trivia like it was it was this weird combination of like bro culture but for trivia yeah and where they intersect it was very fascinating to me Mm -hmm. but um i had a lot of fun at that party observing him because like he's a pretty quiet guy Mm -hmm. and he's a nice kid um and at that party he definitely like let loose a little bit Mm -hmm. and it was it was fun for me to see that like Mm -hmm. he was socializing at one point I told his parents this, but at one point we went out uh, down in the dock. It was the house was on uh, Lake Minnetonka. Mm-hmm. We went down on the dock f- to celebrate the new year. There were little fireworks and whatnot. And I turned around, and all of a sudden, her brother was just surrounded by five girls, and they were all talking to him. And I was like, "Wow, <laughs> like, hey!" I brought that up to him. It's like just smooth operator over here, and he did one of those like bashful kind of laughs, kind mm-hmm. of a thing. But it was, I, it was pleasurable to me to see how him old have. Is, how old is he? He's younger. He's like twenty three, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just joined. He's an officer in the navy. Oh, okay. Yep. So he was home for a little bit, and then he goes off, and we mm-hmm. probably won't see him for, you know, like six to eight months. He might not be at the wedding. He probably won't because he'll probably be on. On a ship somewhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. On a boat, but. Uh, it was fun to see him having a good time and talking mm-hmm. to people and dominating trivia. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, that was uh, that was my New Year's. And um, are you, are you uh, making resolutions? You know, a lot of people talk about yeah making resolutions and I have a uh, new leaf and stuff. I have a Google Doc. I have a sheet. Yeah, and it has all. It's really broken into three categories. One is uh, my business and how I want to grow it. Uh-huh. Two is advancing kind of 
my career as a writer and a director, mm-hmm. how I want to do it. And then third is like personal uh-huh. health relationships, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Okay. And uh, I know we talked about this a little bit in one of our previous sessions, but like I think that there's just, I continue to be a little over intimidated by or overwhelmed by like, you know, it's like the new year, so gotta improve, gotta be better than last year. Mm-hmm. And like, I find myself looking at my quote unquote success objectively and like, did I accomplish much in 2022? Should I be embarrassed of myself? Should I be proud of myself? And that is always uncomfortable, that kind of inner Yeah, dialogue. you talked about a lot of it being dependent on how much money you're making, like the worth, yeah. right? The, what, what, yep. what worth do I have? What worth do I bring to the world? It's either money or it's all superficial stuff. It's either money or like, uh, I guess you could call it like eyeballs. Like, is it getting shared or people talking about it? Is, is, or, you know, news articles getting written about the work. Mm-hmm. It's like just two very superficial yeah. uh, metrics. Me- metrics. Yeah. I know, which like, I don't like that I do that. But it, for whatever reason, my brain defaults to that, or there's a voice that defaults to that. Which I'm sure a lot of people could relate to. But there are times like when, when I work with George, when I express these kinds of concerns, he'll, he, it's almost like he's kind of like sheep herding, herding sheep. Because uh-huh. he'll just slowly like, well, what did you like about those projects? Why'd you do them? What did they mean to you personally? Mm-hmm. And then slowly but surely, I'll remind myself like the work that I do has value to me yep. and that is fulfilling. Right. And I can focus, I can stand to remember that and focus more on that. Mm-hmm. How about you? You got any 2023? Do you do the whole, I'm gonna so, give out 75% A's this year and so is it important for you to know about me? <laughs> no. That's a that's a therapist question, right? That's great. We're not supposed to focus on me. Yep. In here. No, I mean, you know, it's uh not important to me, no. Not at all. I could care less, Dr. <laughs> Steve. Um so I always answer the question, like when clients ask me about myself, I always answer the question, but then I ask say, so, you know, what do, what do you get in knowing that about me? So Okay. Um, my New Year's goal, my my New Year's resolutions are always around health and fitness and stuff and weight loss. And sure. I grew up a real obese kid. Did and, you? Mm-hmm. So it's always in the back of my head. Wow, I wouldn't have guessed that. Well, I guess why would I have guessed that? Yeah, that's cool. Good congrats on that journey because you you seem pretty fit. That's always a journey. It's always in my head. So, what does knowing that do for you? Um, not to make you feel bad, but it makes me feel a little bit better knowing that like, Hey, you have things that you constantly think about. Always working on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Totally. Um, and that makes me feel a little bit better about like maybe my, you know, my thing will be, I'm always going to be thinking about success. Do you look so like where my mind always goes is I'm aware of this thing I'm always working on. And I get mad about the fact that I'm always working on it. Yeah. Because maybe this ties into like our discussion on mastery. But there's a part of my brain that's like, you're going to, you should figure this out eventually. You're smart enough where you can 
figure this out eventually. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, yeah, it goes to the discussion of mastery and is there an arrival spot? So for me and body image and, you know, how I look at myself and stuff, I don't, I don't know that there's ever an arrival spot because then I, if I looked at the entirety of my life, there's this blip where I was this obese kid and all the messages that I received about being heavy and overweight and stuff are, are, I carry them with me. But most of my life, it's not, that's not the story. And I can see that in pictures, but, but when, and when other people look at me, they say, that's not, I don't have that image of you. And I can't believe that. I mean, they don't believe it. And, but that was me. That was, you know, I have these images of this deficit version of myself and that it's so hard to shake. And so finding people and places where you can be accepting of yourself is, is really important. It's, you know, where, where it doesn't nip at your heels all the time. But I think, I think that's part of human nature is to, we, we are our worst critics, our harshest critics. And how do we give ourselves a little, you know, how do we show up for ourselves with a little grace? Yeah. How do we be more, how can we be more accepting? Because I'm sure I, I treat myself worse than I treat anybody else around those things that, that my issues, right? Yep. The other thing is, I think, just being in this world, in this business of self-improvement and um, trying to get to a, a better place with how I feel about myself, the therapists are not immune from that journey. We're, we're all on it. We haven't got it figured out. And I, I, I think that that's one of the things I want people to know about going to therapy is your therapist doesn't have, doesn't have it figured out. They're still trying. Yeah. They're still trying to figure it out. I think that's something that I, as a, you know, as your podcast patient, you know, I forget that, mm-hmm. and I always default to being like, okay, well, this person is the expert. They've got it figured out. They are, you know, it's like when you look at a doctor and a weight, a trainer, and you know, someone who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, you have all the answers, but. Uh, they may have many. They yeah, may have, may have I think that's perspectives what it is. or multiple perspectives. I don't know. Human beings, right? Human beings. The brain is the most complicated organ, right? Or whatever. Yeah. You can't even commit to that. Jeez, <laughs> that's how complicated my brain yeah. is. Yeah, it's just like, well, maybe, but maybe not. Alex. Well, I don't. I don't know. Like, I don't. Like, I never studied the brain. Yeah. But you could still have an opinion on whether or not the brain is the most complicated organ. No one's going to like write you a letter. The, the Brain Association of America isn't going to be like, Dr. Steve, we heard what you said. Um, I want to back up. I appreciate you sharing your journey, like your story, because sim- when I was listening to you talk about obesity and like that part of your life, mm-hmm. so I, I felt... Um, it, res- it registered with my experience with like mental health because mm-hmm. a lot of people now they look at me and they're like, dude, you're, you're totally normal. You seem happy. You seem successful. Mm-hmm. And I haven't talked about it on this podcast. I've sort of alluded to it, but like I, there was a period in my life, you know, I was very, very anxious and I was dealing with a lot and I was not talking to anyone about it. I was having panic atta- attacks all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a period of my life where I was just very, very depressed mm-hmm. and I carried a lot of sadness and isolation and loneliness. And I probably don't like communicate that very well today, but 
I mean, you probably don't communicate that you have carried that. Yeah, there was a period yeah. of your life like that. Yeah, yeah, like people probably wouldn't pick up on it, but like, you know, someone might ask, "Well, like, how did you deal with it?" Because <clears throat> I talk about, you know, the um, dissociation and panic attacks and kind of fear of dying and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And I think at one point someone was like, "Well, that seemed like a lot. Like, how'd you deal with it?" And uh, for a very long time, I didn't deal with it. And you know, like when you get to that. L- every day feeling so awful and feeling so alone, you just immediately start looking like, okay, well, you know, what are ways out, so to speak? And having that period of my life where it was like very serious to me and only to me, it's something I still carry some shame about. And I, you know, that's why it's so fascinating to hear you talk about your story where it's like, people look at me and they're like, well, no way that was part of your... Got it all put together. Yeah. It's past you. Mm -hmm. And I feel similarly in that regard because it's like nobody here knows, aside from like two therapists in my life, the extent to which I knew, not to sound dramatic, but like darkness and isolation and fear and sadness. Mm, Alone. Yes. Like the, the extent to the isolation that I felt in my younger years like i still scars me i still feel scarred like i feel comfortable yeah. saying that I, I feel like i'm yeah, walking so with a limp to this yeah, day so it's a little it's a little different right now because it's a little different but it's still there yep right it's almost like that that amputee that's like yeah i used to have an arm yep but it's it's definitely I have, this, I have this reminder that i don't have an arm i you know but, I, but I've become functional i've got this new prosthesis that helps me i've got this new way of doing things but yeah, this is a part of me. Yes. And I, I, I imagine that most of us have something like that. That's a, a major part of our journey, our story, um, or it's something that we're actively dealing with. You know, and like, for me, I identify with actively dealing with it, but not quite like it was when I was a younger kid and had a, had a different developmental understanding of the world <clears throat> and was in the middle of being obese, you know? <clears throat> yeah. The Things They Carried, that's what just pops in my head. That's a book, right? I, I don't know. To, I think it is. I had to read it in high school. I don't know if it has anything to do with the subject. It was about Viet- the Vietnam War. I don't know if it has anything mm-hmm. to do the things we, it was the things they carried. But, uh, yeah. I definitely, I sometimes wonder if a lot of the anger that I still feel, the emotion of anger that pops up, mm-hmm. like if this kind of all harkens back to this. I mean, it's not a wound, it's healed, right? But sometimes wounds heal, but they kind of leave them. Scar tissue. Yeah, yeah, like you still have some pain or it's effect, you can't move as well. And uh, um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I am grateful for the progress that I have been able to make and therapy was yeah a huge part of that but yep there was so when you talk about progress I mean through our conversations I know that you have gone to a lot of therapy you're pretty open about that um, when you think about I don't know what number of session this is going to be number of you know do times you want to know is it important to you that you know <laughs> I'm about to flip you off. Uh, um, no, I, I want to know what, you know, this is not unlike 
therapy where I would say, what what are you getting out of our work here? What yeah? What do you get out of this these podcast therapy sessions? Well, obviously, you threw one right over the plate, mm-hmm. but it's too easy of a joke to make, so I'm not even going to bother making it, uh, which would be nothing, right? Yeah. That would okay. be the, <laughs> the, just right over the plate. Um, I have gained perspective. I think what has been the most helpful for me is talking about things with George, talking about those same things with you, mm-hmm. and comparing the two responses. Battling therapists. Yeah, I'm pitting like you du- two. Dueling pianos. Yeah, I'm piano pitting bar. you two against each other. You don't even know it. Yeah. But seeing those different perspectives is helpful for me because it reinforces this idea that like, A, there's no right answer. So it's you've helped me, mm-hmm. you personally, not to, to toot your horn here, mm-hmm. have helped me appreciate this idea of mastery, uh-huh. right? Because that's a term... I'd always been aware of the subject, right, and the concept, but having a word, it's like, okay, I have a, you know, I can work on acceptance. Yeah. And um, seeing different perspectives in regards to therapy has hammered that home with this mm-hmm. idea of like, dude, there's no right answer. There's a million answers. Right. And we're all figuring it out. Um, the key is really being able to acknowledge things that occur, accept that they occur in being okay with how you feel as opposed to looking for affirmation from someone, which is something that I do a lot. And I think our work together too has helped me to be like, okay, who gives a, you know, who gives a shit what Dr. Steve thinks? It's important. Like, what do I think? Mm -hmm. So that's been cool. Um, I also have enjoyed learning more about like the work that you do. Mm. That's just been cool. Uh, and fascinating for me. The work that I do as a therapist? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yep. Like my approach and how yep. I think about things. And stuff you study. Uh-huh. That's why I asked you on the phone uh-huh. too, like, you know, things you're studying. Like when you talk yeah. to me about ambiguous loss, like that's fascinating. Obviously it's relevant too. Yeah. But that's super fascinating and that's been helpful. Um, and then in one of our recent sessions, you talked about that guy who, like scientist versus a yeah. lawyer. Yeah. That stuff's really interesting and helpful. Um, but yeah <laughs> one thing that I think about a lot which you picked up on this was I threw out that term like oh you know Dr. Steve you're a little old school yeah and you know I was thinking about that as I walked to lunch I, I still maintain that it's been a nice change of pace for me like mm-hmm. you're kind of like I don't know if you feel this way but you're kind of a tough cookie mm-hmm. I don't know what that means it means you know you just like an oatmeal cookie, those the raisins are hard. hard <laughs> no, it's just a tough cookie. Like, uh, you know, you push back. Uh huh. Okay. Which I don't get a lot of, and I think that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it makes me angry, mm-hmm. but other times it's. I think whether or not it makes me angry, it still reinforces this idea of like, well, why do I, why do I care what he thinks? In a different way of phrasing it. You know well, why I mean? do I experience it as pushback, or why do I? Yeah. Yeah, challenging a thought doesn't have to necessarily be pushed back. So yeah, those are all the things that I have been gathering mm. from our work together. As aside from all of the sponsorship money, <laughs> right? Just the cash yeah, the, flowing in the lucre. Yep, very lucrative business. Podcast therapy. 
I'm like the Carnegie of podcast therapy. Uh, yeah. So it's been good. Do you feel like I've been making improvement? Have you noticed noted on your chart like okay, Alex seems yeah, that's one, I mean that's one of the things I don't do is I don't keep notes of our work. Um, do you keep notes of yeah, typically, yeah. typically I I write down things that remind me of conversations like if I were charting, if I was doing notes on our work, I'd say discuss ambiguous loss and mastery today or um, Alex shared, you know, story about his, you know, from his youth about drinking and, yeah. um, or talked a little bit about his folks and yeah. their expectations or, yeah. you know, focus on dissociation, what that means for Alex. So those are things I would probably put in notes, but my notes are fairly brief like that. Um, bullet pointed kind of just things to remind me about our conversation. I've always wondered as a patient, like what is the purpose of the note taking? Is it just to look for patterns and like, or is it to look, okay, here's how frequently he's talking about it. It must be important to him. I think for me, mostly reminding me of what we talked about last time. Yeah. <laughs> or like if there are, you know, like, hey, we talked about, remember my Uncle Joe? And like, I don't remember Uncle Joe. So let me check my notes. Go check my notes. Yep. Did we talk, you know, did Uncle Joe rise to the note? Was he noteworthy? But it's not, Sorry, yeah. Uncle Joe. It's not the like cliched, like, is exhibiting signs of Some people schizophrenia. Do. Some people do. Okay. I've always I've always been curious what goes on. I think those. I think there's a lot of mental health professionals who are worried that their notes will be used in ways that they can't even comprehend if if something goes where we need to show our notes to a legal uh, a legal professional. Yeah. And so I think people are a little guarded. Guarded yeah. in, in how they present that. I've taught ethics courses before and one of the main questions I get in the ethics class is, can I get sued if, you know, fill in the blank. Wow. And the reality is in our system, you can get sued. Yeah, it's America. It's America. You can, anybody who gets a lawyer to sue them can get you sued, you know. So all you need is somebody who's willing to take your money and write up a, a not to brief. Not to throw us off course, but there is a lawsuit that I find particularly amusing. And two guys are suing Universal Studios Universal Studios made a film. I think it was it was called like uh, it was about the Beatles, or it was uh, it was recent. It's in the last five years. In the trailer for the film, they had an actress. I'm going to mispronounce her name, but it's like Anna de Armas or something. She most recently played Marilyn Monroe in mm. a remake. But she, this actress was in the trailer. The actress was not in the final movie. Mm -hmm. So when these two guys went to rent the movie on Amazon Prime, thinking she was in it. They're like, well, where was she? They paid three ninety nine to rent the movie on Amazon. They're suing Universal Studios for five million dollars for false advertisement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I love America so much. Like, I hate America, but I love America. Are they gonna win? They most likely. I mean, who yeah, knows? They technically settle. have a. They'll settle. Like, settle out of court. And yeah, probably make a couple hundred grand. Like, yeah. And the lawyers benefit. Everybody wins. Except Universal. Well, they don't deserve to win. And Marilyn Monroe's estate. Yeah, well, she it's just the actress who played her. Marilyn Monroe has nothing to do with that lawsuit. Um, so, yeah, I can only imagine how guarded... I never had considered that. How therapists must feel in terms of like, am I going to get sued? Yeah, I'd be worried about that all the time. Especially if you're like in charge of... Quote, unquote, in charge of someone's like, wellness or mental health mm -hmm. they might be like well you know i feel awful this is your fault 
I'm yeah. suing you for emotional damage. Yeah, that's a concern. That gives me an idea. <laughs> Just kidding, I won't see you. Um, yeah. So, feeling, feeling a little sleepy. Yeah. Well, maybe we call this one right here. Yeah. We could. Well, we shall. Um, has this been beneficial? Let me just flip the question on you. Are there things that you've taken away from this, from working, from providing me counsel via on so I, a podcast? So one of the things, I think I've said this before, uh, one of the things that I get from you in particular is an orientation toward mental health, which is mm-hmm. not just, which is more like a, a mental fitness orientation. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I go to the gym or I wake up and I ride my bike or I, you know, go for a run or, I, you know, like I have an orientation toward a, a physical fitness that I, I want to be doing something every day or something on a regular basis. Um, my approach to mental health treatment in the past has been more like most people probably don't need that every week, every day, every, you know, like I, I talked early on about having therapeutic experiences, but not necessarily having to be in therapy. And I think that, I think one, one of the things that's been eye-opening to me or has been more normalized to me through our work has been, it's okay to, to have a weekly therapy appointment and just go because yeah. you just, because that's, that's part of the, my gym workout. That's part of my mental and emotional well-being workout. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. I don't know. I just need somebody. I just need to know that I have this place where I can go and I can talk and I can be, a, I can be myself. Be heard. And, and, and some weeks, it's like the podcast. Some weeks, it's like, eh, it's kind of flat. We talked about plateauing and stuff. Like this podcast week. is never flat. Just want to clarify that. Um, and so, so that's been one of the things that's been eye-opening to me. Um, I've, the other thing is, you know, to, to talk about dissociation, which I have admittedly don't know a ton about it. I mean, I know when people talk about in traumatic experiences, they have dissociative events or experiences where they, my body goes somewhere else. Yeah. People who, who get sexually abused talk about, I, it was like I was observing this happening to this thing. It wasn't me. I was somewhere else. So I get that, but I don't know dissociation the way you've talked about it before about, um, feeling like a part of me is missing and and that being an omnipresent experience that you have. So that's always in the back of my mind. Like since talking about it, it's been always in the back of my mind about, okay, so how does this impact how Alex shows up in a variety of ways in his life? So, um, so you, our work together has given me, uh, some new perspectives on how to think about my work with people in general. That's good. Um, and I'm, I always, I, I feel like I really appreciate how hard it is to open up to somebody. <laughs> and um, and so for you you to do this uh, over the airwaves, so to speak, is is impressive and yeah. scary. And yep. um, so I, I appreciate that, that you well, do that. Well, that goes both and, ways. And want to do it. Yep. No, I appreciate I mean, we talked about this too. Thank you for saying that. And uh, it I that applies to you as well. You know, a lot of, I mentioned this in the first, like, couple sessions there were therapists who I approached and they thought they were in and then they just mm. hightailed it out of you know because once the microphone's staring at you and they probably were worried about are they gonna get sued I'm I th- 
I wouldn't blame them yeah, for that. Yeah. And I probably should be thinking more about like I, <laughs> no, I no. probably should have thought more about that. We talked, I feel like, a little bit and me having the safety net of a you know another therapist. Yeah. Yeah. Battling yep. therapist. The dueling therapist. Yeah. yeah. I I think for the like ultimate episode will be to have you and George. Yeah, maybe. And a therapist off. I'll have to get another microphone. You just said therapist off. I, I, I like that term. <laughs> I'm therapist <laughs> off right now. Like, fully aware of my emotional faculties, and I'm therapist off. Uh, and on that note, we'd like to thank today's sponsor, which uh, what would be like, a, is there like a medication that makes you pee? That would be perfect. That makes you pee? Yeah, like, you know, oh. if, you know like some sort of, it's not like, a diuretic. So you're going dad joke on me. Right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, therapist. Well, what did you think with therapist off? I mean, that's what it's I was. Just angry, you know. Yeah. So. Um, okay. Well, we will end it here. And thank you for. Uh, yeah, this is going to be one of the ones I hear from my daughter about. Like, yeah, what you, that was a. Uh, no, I don't think so. No? I th- we talked about. I mean, I felt. Maybe you didn't even pick up on this, but like, I felt like I felt better sharing even that little bit about the amount of sadness that I carried when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't talk about that ever. Yeah. And uh, I was, in the back of my brain, I was like, I don't think you're, I don't think people are going to pick up on what you exactly mean. Because I know what I mean. I have memories, mm-hmm. things, you know, concrete, specific memories Yeah. that haunt me, you know? So it's like, just even dancing around that subject was therapeutic for me. Mm. Okay. Cool. So take that, Dr. Steve's daughter. You're going to feel like a real jerk if you critique this episode after hearing that. Um, thank you for your time now, and um, see you next time. Next time. Okay, everyone, stay happy. <laughs> <laughs>